Welcome to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I am joined by two guys who scored as many touchdowns tonight as the Los Angeles Rams. What's up, Chuck and Gene? What's up, Dave? That's true. That's yep. true. I, I am now in the quarterback debate you know, as to who is better, me or Wentz. Uh, this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. And my name is Gene Zilek. You can find me at Producer Gene. And where was Jared Goff tonight? Did he not get on the plane? Did anybody see him? Did anybody catch him getting into the stadium? He was the invisible man. They brought the wrong set of little doll hands for him to throw the football with. I mean, you guys were great out there. You guys were equally as proficient at not catching touchdowns, not not rushing touchdowns into the end zone. This was a mess. Yeah, but if you have a kid who wants to grow up and be a professional punter, man, I hope you recorded that game because that that is that is really one for all time for any any kid out there listening to this who wants to grow up and be a punter. You can do it too. You can be the most important part of the Super Bowl. They they really showed you how to play the game right tonight. Yeah. Those punters they went out there and they they really set a good example. <laughs> This so was... you're doing, you're pointing to your son saying, like, that's what you need to do when you go out there and punt. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a long conversation about it. And it was mostly, why did we stop watching The Incredibles 2 for this? <laughs> so. Guys, worst Super Bowl in history? I don't know. There, I, I seem to remember that blowout between the Redskins and the Denver Broncos being the thing that my father always screamed about being like, why did I have to watch that garbage game? So that was like 15 years of my life. So that's still, I think, in my top slot. But uh, this has got to be like right up there as far as like lack of entertaining content. I mean, for 53 minutes of this game, you could have been watching the British baking show or whatever. I mean, you could have been watching. <laughs> there was more offense in the Great British Bake Off than. <laughs> that's a hot cake. Oh, well done. Well done. <laughs> yeah that was the pits man that was that game sucked the life out of me i was all hyped up for the super bowl and by the time it was done i didn't care like that last oh yeah drives i was just like just end it just <laughs> just 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 call it done like tom brady might as well win and we had know. we had this interaction where it, the the Patriots were up 10 to three and they're, you know, driving, getting these first downs, milking the clock out. And it turns out to be a fourth and I don't know, a fingernail fourth and in, in business card, I believe is what Tony Romo said. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's like this fake debate about, Oh, should we kick the field goal? Should they go for it on fourth down? What should they do? Who gives a shit? It's not <laughs> like the Rams were going to win the game in any way, shape or form whatsoever. Yeah, they, they could have just, like, kneeled the ball and, like, handed it to him and said, like, all right, we're going to spot you 20 yards. Like, go for it. Try your Even best. If they went for it. And didn't, I mean, the, the Rams were completely inept on offense. Goff was way out of his depth. Way out of his depth. You know how, like, they have those guys that play in these, like, high-profile games that are, it's like, oh, they're they're too young to, to realize the magnitude of the situation. So they just, you know, go out there and play loose or whatever. 
No, Jared Goff recognized the magnitude of the situation, and you could see it in his eyes. He had Sam Bradford eyes tonight. Yep, that, that, he, he was the definition of the Sam Bradford look. <laughs> um, and I, I heard this interesting stat today, though. Like, I had not even I didn't consider it. So in nine Super Bowls for the New England Patriots, they have three first quarter points cumulative of all nine Super Bowls. Wow. That's crazy. Well, it's like unbelievable, right? Like you don't even believe the stat. That's because right? it takes time yeah. to get the tape back. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be developed. I mean, because Belichick just won't go digital. Like the film is the way to cheat, and he's he's a purist. There's someone in like a dark room with the water and everything, like <laughs> yeah. developing the film. <laughs> Bob Kraft keeps coming in to check on the process, letting light in. It's just. It takes time. Anyone who's like under 25 listening to the podcast is like, what are these guys talking about? Dark room, water, <laughs> film? What is this? Well, how's it different from any other week <laughs> where they're cutting it? Fair enough, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so does Jared Goff, like, does he suck? I don't know that he sucks, but I, he's definitely not clutch. I, I mean, he. Look, looked bad tonight he looked he looked really bad tonight and i don't know how this rams team went 13 and 3 or like what switch out happened in you know i think it was the week before the eagles played them that was like their first you know big loss or disappointing game or something but the tail half of the season the rams just look like a a mediocre team at best and Tonight their their defense looked okay, but I mean Brady did not look good. Um, like and, I, and that wasn't just on the defense; that was on him too. But the golf did not look good. The Rams did not look good. They you couldn't convince me that they won the NFC. What I don't understand is all season I've had to listen to how what an offensive genius Sean McVay is. Like just all all year. How we're, we're going to hire his barista because obviously his offensive genius is going to rub off on the girl that serves him coffee. But here's the thing, like, what offensive genius doesn't put Todd Gurley in on third downs in the Super Bowl? What? what that makes yeah. no sense to me. There had uh, to have been some sort of reason behind that. And I don't know if <clears throat> C.J. Anderson was being more effective or something, but... Yeah, I, I don't get that at all. But nothing was effective, so why not try, I don't know, the guy that could have been yeah. at one point in the league the MVP of the year? I, right. I, like, I just don't get that. Right. This almost feels like uh, Sean Payton, um, I don't know, figured out some sort of uh, voodoo, like a voodoo spell. He went to, like, a voodoo priestess. You're not going to convince me that, and- like, all of those – New Orleans voodoo priest down there didn't just get the dolls out and just stick so many pins in that Jared Goff because he literally looked like his limbs weren't functioning at certain points. But it's like, not even like it's just it's not even just the Rams. It's like Goodell and like the whole NFL. Like this was a big uh like I don't know poop pile at the end of the NFL season that was already, you know, in turmoil from two weeks ago and that saints fallout that still hasn't been resolved Uh, yeah the saints are going to sue the league and 
I think it might be a class action lawsuit. Well, after they, that they, Super Bowl. the judge already threw it out. They're trying to get them <laughs> to replay the game. Oh, uh, I, I didn't follow that because I knew it had no chance of anything happening. I think that I, mean, I think that the Patriots should now have to play the Saints in two weeks to decide if they're really the champions. <laughs> I mean, you know, can we get a shot in here? Can the Eagles get a replay somewhere? Oh, I thought you were talking about the three of us. I'm like, well, we, I bet you we could put up three points. Um, not so sure. <laughs> I have my reservations. I don't know if any of us can actually like, kick it, like even from like the goal line up between the uprights. No, we'd have to go for it. We'd have to go for it on every fourth down opportunity. Uh, okay. So is there an alternate universe where... Alshon catches the ball and Foles leads the comeback and we beat the Saints. Is there any doubt that we're raising the Lombardi trophy right now? I mean, if, all right, let's say we that does happen. Alshon catches the ball. Nick Foles is the hero. It's a comeback. We're in the NFC. Cha- what, do you, what, do you, what do you put our percentage chance at beating the Rams and then the Patriots? This Patriots team that you just watched. Oh, I'd say it's pretty high. I mean, yeah. like the this Patriots team, I, I would say our Eagles team, eighty percent chance to win. Like we just what showed up tonight. They they look like themselves in what one drive on that one touchdown drive. Actually, first drive of the game, they looked half decent until that Brady threw that duck of an interception. That thing was ugly, and. Uh, against the Rams, the Rams looked more efficient two weeks ago, but I'd say even there, 60-40 that the Eagles beat them, so uh, I'd say that's like 55% that if the Eagles had, if Alshon had caught that, the Eagles are Super Bowl champs right now. The Rams, if the the Eagles go to LA, it's an Eagles home game, because there are no such thing as Rams fans. Uh, So I think that it's like 70-30 the Eagles win that game. Yeah, I mean, we still encouraging all of our uh, children to write letters to Alshon, telling him like it's okay and how great <laughs> he is, and we won a Super Bowl last year. I, I mean, honestly, it's bullshit because we could very easily be Super Bowl champions this year. Yeah, we we won. I think the the New Orleans game, and we all said this was the hard game, and we were so we were so close. Like that's the thing that kills you is we were right there, and and. The thing that this game tonight really made me appreciate very seriously was thank God last year we got the job done. Because if we had to go through all of that nonsense and not have won that game, like it would have been excruciating to then go through this year not with already with 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 a trophy. The other thing that this game made me realize is how much I really honest to God appreciate two things. I appreciate how really good Nick Foles was last year in the Super Bowl. To watch a, a quarterback who is a first, a number one overall draft pick come in and just lay an egg, like, and look completely uncompetitive, like, no spark of competitiveness, makes me really appreciate how good Nick Foles was to come into that moment without any of that pedigree and just play, like, out of his mind good. And then the other thing, maybe that I appreciate even more, is how good Doug Peterson was in that game. And how good Doug Peterson is as a coach. This was the most anti-Doug Peterson Super Bowl in the world. <laughs> there was nothing remotely about the new Doug Peterson NFL, and that's what I'm calling it. It's the Doug Peterson NFL. All the good things about football come directly from Doug. All the gambling, 
all the the risk taking, the fourth down play, the going for two, none of that happened in this game. Hell, nobody could even score touchdowns in this game. So I'm grateful. This is what I take away from the Super Bowl this year. I'm grateful that next year we're going to go into the season with Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars should be very grateful that they're going into the season with Nick Falls. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll get to that. But, I mean, I, I'm just grateful that, look, this is what happens when, you know, stuff doesn't go right. You know, I mean, the NFL should have had the a Saints-Patriots game that would have been, I would hope, much more compelling than the game that we saw. So because of their error... We had this game. It's your fault, Roger Goodell. And I'll tell you what, I don't know. Did you guys have a party? Were you at a party tonight? Or were you just like chilling at home? Uh, just at home. Yeah, I had, I had, I bought myself wings. Okay. So it was kind of so a party for I will one. tell you, nobody gave a shit about the game. I was at a party. No one gave a shit about the game. It was like one of those things where it's like, I actually, you know, I do a, you know, podcast. Like I'm trying to like pay attention to the game. I want to like hear the commercials. I want to do all that stuff. Yeah, nobody was really interested in watching the game. And that's what happens. I mean, like, you can't even get, like, dudes, you know, we're walking around like, just who cares? Now, is that is that because the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year and were, like, finally content? Like, that we don't have to have that passionate rooting interest of, I don't want to see the, the Patriots win another, or I don't want to see the, the Rams get one before the Eagles do. You know, does that you had to generate that, right? You had to like generate that interest in your mind. Like you're you say, oh well, do I do I I hate the Patriots, so do I root for the Rams? (laughs) Or like I want the Eagles Super Bowl to be very uh, meaningful. So let's just have the Patriots win again to like you know make ours stand out more. It's like I don't know. So you had to like you had to like generate that for yourself. It's not like it was there for you. My my yeah. take was that I I didn't feel like we were so much further behind either of these teams. So it was really hard for me to feel like we shouldn't be there. It's, you know, there have been a lot of years where it was like you know these are the best two teams, and it was far. I don't think that these were the best two teams in the NFL. I just don't. I think no, that, you're they look at the game they just played. There's no <laughs> way they're the best teams in the NFL. And also, the Chiefs should be in this game. Ultimately, you know, if we're looking at it objectively, it should have been the Chiefs and the Saints in this game. But, you know, because shit happens, this is what we were left with. Real quick, I like how shit happens is the pessimistic take (laughs) on any given Sunday. You know, any given Sunday, any team can win. Or shit happens, and then we get a Super Bowl <laughs> of, you know, uh, thirteen to three. That I forgot that we even got the, you know, that that we got the sixteen points total. Um, yeah, you guys want to talk about like ancillary Super Bowl nonsense? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Gladys Knight sings the national anthem thoughts it was very long yeah it was very long but i mean she's still kicking it i thought she did a fine job no pips where were the pips give me two pips is this like a uh, challenge like i thought name it would have been enhanced right the performance i think it would have been because i actually i watched what the hell movie was i watching today 
Oh, I was watching Uncle Drew, which, by the way, you know, whatever. It's okay. But, you know, they were making the comparison. Like, you're my Gladys Knight. They're the pips. Like, you need to do the scoring. And he says, Gladys Knight is nothing without the pips. So we needed some pips for the national anthem. Well, and, and well, it was a big moment. It would be a, for a while. It was oh, gonna. Dude, it, so. would, it would have been a good thing for like a big reunion moment. You know, like if you're gonna have the season finale of a show, you bring back some some forgotten characters, and the pips could have been the forgotten characters that show up to kind of like really put this over the top. I mean, are we certain that the pips weren't there? You know, we're I timing. Mean... We're timing this national anthem because I think the over under was like a minute fifty two. She's adding like four extra Braves at the end. <laughs> well, she like, was in she Atlanta, brave so over and over. Right. Yeah, she was in Atlanta, so there's lots of Braves there. Well, then you're supposed to not say Brave, and they're supposed to yell Brave, right? Oh, I think that's a Baltimore thing. No, that's the O, right? The yell O. Yeah, oh. I think that's what he's referencing. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that in Atlanta brave. they actually yell Brave. Is what I mean. No, they did like all right. <laughs> so my high school mascot was the Braves, and we did the same thing. And it was like, and the home of the, and then everyone yells Braves. Like you're inserting yourself into the national anthem. So you're saying that the the fans in Atlanta feel that they're bigger than this country. They're the, now that's that's a hot take. Do they stand a, during the national anthem? <laughs> did anybody did anybody look around during the national anthem? Was there any kneeling or any protests? I didn't check that out. Uh, if they did, did I, I didn't. It wasn't yeah, highlighted. Well, it was CBS, and they're basically like the lamest of the old people network. So, Fox would have found somebody protesting. <laughs> <laughs> they they would have generated the content. They would have flown in Kaepernick just just to just to kneel during the anthem. They would have shown Mike Pence leaving. <laughs> uh, halftime show. Halftime show got a lot of crap on Twitter. Ah, <laughs> oh, the halftime show, man. That that was uh, a lot bluer than I thought uh, for Maroon Five. You know, the the mix of you know hardcore rap and and mom rock was uh, unexpected, but but welcomed, but welcomed. You know, with these halftime shows, first off, I don't know why anybody does a halftime show. That everyone just thinks the halftime show sucks. Like every year, it's like it sucks. Unless it's Beyonce, and then they go like, "This is this is too political," right? <laughs> but it doesn't work out for anybody. It either sucks or it's too political. No one's like that. Great half, universally loved halftime show. Yeah, I think Never the last. I think the last time that happened was Prince, and look what happened to him. What? Who was even on the halftime show last year when we won? Uh, apparently, it was Justin Timberlake. Yeah, I don't. It just doesn't. I, th- there's one halftime show I remember. It's because I saw a nipple. <laughs> <laughs> was I with you for that halftime for that Gene? You might have been because I remember I had a huge that- poker game that year at my house for the Super Bowl. Was that Pat's Panthers? I think that was Pat's Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. So see, I, that's the only one I remember. I remember turning that halftime off. I was with my brother and his wife at their place, and like I think we played like video games during halftime because like. Like Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, who cares about that? Like nothing interesting is going to happen. And we turned it off and didn't find out till the next day uh, about everything that happened with that. Um, any other thoughts on the halftime? What was with that meteor? Uh, all I know is we cut to a, a some SpongeBob stadium, and then there's some sort of special effect meteor coming in, and yeah. then boom! Now now we're rapping. Yeah, fire. 
and I thought my feed was cutting out during the that re- until I realized, oh, yeah, this he's is just, just a profanity. He's just saying bad words. To me, the best part of it was Outcast. Yeah, that was the best part. Right, that was the best part. Right, Outcast. Yeah, I, it should have been all Outcast. I felt like Maroon. <laughs> I like Fi- Maroon Five too. Like I'm not afraid to say it. But... Maroon Five was kind of like just like kind of like just keeping things like moving around while they brought in the people that they actually were entertaining. Yeah, I, it's, I have no strong opinion on Maroon 5. And that's the problem. It's like they're on the radio all the time. You know these songs. I mean, it's fine. That's a fine halftime show. Like, who cares? It's freaking halftime. It's the vanilla ice cream of halftime shows. Everybody I likes thought, it. It's, yeah, it's but, whatever. But it's I thought you were going to say it's the vanilla ice of halftime shows. <laughs> no, that, sir, it is not. <laughs> I would pay to see vanilla who, ice come back. Who would you want to see in the halftime like next year? If you could pick the halftime show act next year, who and where you, is? Who would you I think it's important to remember where is the where is the Super Bowl next year? Is it in Tampa or is it in in, in L.A.? San Diego. Okay, it's in San Diego. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Loser loser stays in San Diego. Uh, Dave Matthews Band. Let's have Dave Matthews Band do the halftime show. (laughs) The string cheese incident. I I have no idea. Big Band Voodoo Daddy. That would be good. Because it, it... It is the year 2000, the one year in which they were popular enough to be (laughs) in the Super Bowl. (laughs) I think I want to see ALBA reunite. All right. We're not that old. We are not that old. No. (laughs) Big Ben Voodoo Daddy and Dave Matthews old? Yes. Not ABBA old. Okay. Uh, Last, like, ancillary uh, Super Bowl thing. Uh, Commercials. Any standout commercials for you guys? Uh, The the Stella Artois one. Yeah, that was like the most fun one, right? Yeah, I, I really like the um, the uh, Dozeki's guy. I thought he really stole that best com- best cameo in a in yeah. a in a Super Bowl ad. Yeah, so it had um, uh, God, what's her name? Uh, Carrie Bradshaw, Sarah I, Jessica Parker, Sarah Jessica there Parker. We go. Matthew I want to say Melissa life. Joan Hart for some reason. I know it was a three name. <laughs> they should have. They should have had her too. It's Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> just get just get hammered out of the bar. Like or, or, you will not believe the shit I have seen. <laughs> or Clarissa. She could have been Clarissa. And then the dude comes in, and also orders. It was just a good commercial. That was good. I like the um, the Bud Light uh, Game of Thrones crossover. That would have been my my pick for my favorite. Because that was kind of like a what ha- what is going on here moment. Like I thought he was actually going to like lance a keg, which I thought would have been kind of funny, but instead he lances the mountain, and then a dragon shows up. So it was awesome. Yeah, and then you could like the mountain basically does the thing where he like pops his eyes out. Yeah, like he yeah. did to uh, was oh ob- ob- not Oberon, but I don't know what was his name. The Viper. Anyway. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> Spoiler alert like, for those of you that Game of Thrones ish, and then yeah. like a dragon comes out. If you haven't, like, oh, if you God, aren't caught up on Game of Thrones, we just spoiled like four seasons for you. <laughs> <laughs> Ned Stark dies. <clears throat> Ouch. Ouch. All right. Right, it was tough. I, I wasn't really following a lot of the commercials this this year. They really weren't that good. Like that, the Steve Carell Pepsi one was kind of lame. Um, see, I didn't even see that one. It was early. Uh, even the, like the trailers for movies were lame. Like the 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 Avengers trailer was just kind of like me. The Avengers trailer was what like three seconds, and it was just like, oh, we're upset because people are dead. Ugh. Yeah, 
But I I wasn't expecting uh, an Avengers trailer, and it's like the very first commercial, and I'm like, oh shit! I'm like, like I, <laughs> my wife is out of the room, like she's taking a shower. I'm with the kids, and I'm like shirking all parental responsibility, and I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up! And it was done. I'm like, is this a <laughs> teaser for another trailer later on? And no, it was just like couple like five seconds of people looking sad i mean i still <laughs> really want to see the movie but i mean it was nothing yeah come on do they even need to put out a trailer i mean who's no. who's not going to see that movie anyway but whatever <laughs> uh all right if this game you take this game out of its super bowl 53 context and it is a week seven thursday night football how much of this game would you have watched oh would you have made it to halftime? No. Yeah, me No. No, I think the second quarter I would have been done. Yeah. Even yeah. if it was Sunday Night Football, I don't know if I would have gone past halftime. I certainly wouldn't be coming back after halftime. Like, if I somehow made it to halftime, <laughs> like, I wouldn't even be watching the, the halftime show, like, the... You know the studio show. It would just be all right. Let's. What else is on TV? <laughs> yeah, and and that's when you end up like watching like Bull Durham on MLB Network or something. <laughs> yeah, that's always nice when you get to when you get to fall back on like a good baseball movie that's on MLB Network because they don't have any content. Uh, Tom Brady very gracious in victory. <laughs> so, I mean, he goes to every player, tells them what a great season they had. While his bodyguards are screaming, like, get out of the way, back up. I, I thought the woman from CBS, I thought that was Tom Brady yelling that. Well, he was he yelling that a little bit, too. Yeah, he yelled, like, first, I thought that woman from CBS, like, was going to get clocked. Like, she got, like, right in the middle of the scrum, and it's just, they're pushing people out of the way, and it's like, I got to hug this guy. Like, okay, man. Like, that was <laughs> uncomfortable. Get out of my way. I need to tell this dude what a great season he had. How proud I am of him. How he's going to be back next year. I would love it if Nick Foles had managed to find his way in the middle of that scrum. <laughs> to see if he would have said anything then. Yeah, that dude is so full of shit. Here's the thing with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and the whole Patriots organization. Like, I don't doubt their sincerity that they wanted to win this game. But I don't care. I don't care. And most of America doesn't care. So why were there all those cameras? Why were there all those microphones? We don't need all of that. Nobody else cares. There should have been one camera from Boston and CBS, and everybody else should have gone home because nobody else cares. <laughs> you know, Robert Kraft in the press box is getting up like he's like number two behind Jerry Jones, like seeing joy in that like owner's box is Robert Kraft. Don't you think? Yeah, it's really annoying because like we get it. You like winning. Yeah. But like, like why? Would, like, act like you've been there. High five. Like, he, if he went up for a high five, I'd be like, I only want to high five all those sausage fingers you got on that mitt right there. Yeah, take some I of those know. rings off, don't you? Like, hey, doesn't your arm get tired? I saw a tweet from Mental Floss uh, tonight. Is this story about Vladimir Putin true? Have you heard this? The one it where is. he, the one where he stole one of Kraft's rings. Yes. Yeah, that's Why true. Why know about this? Oh, that's one of my favorites. That's a great one, yeah, that he just, like, swiped one, and Kraft was like, hey, can I get that back? And Putin basically gave him the middle finger. 
<laughs> just, I, I don't know what you're talking and about. So no, you didn't fate, have a so, ring. All right, so what's the, so I, for people that don't know, so the story is Kraft is visiting Russia and uh, Putin says, like, oh, you know, that's a Super Bowl. We got is, is that Super Bowl? Re- I don't even know how to do it. That was French. You just made Putin French. Yeah, I don't French. know why I went French. Uh, I was trying. I was trying to do Boris and Natasha real quick, but you know, he said basically, "Let me see that." And Kraft's like, "Sure, here." Takes off finger, shows him, and then and then Putin, Putin just, just like puts it in his pocket. Yeah. Well, he's just like, I guess the, these world leaders, if you're Putin, especially, like you just figure if somebody hands you something that now it's yours. Like, and like so, so that's the whole thing. Like when he goes to the Ukraine, he's just like, "I'm. This is mine now." That's just what he does. <laughs> So yeah, I don't think anyone handed him Ukraine. I don't think that was a misunderstanding. <laughs> so to save face, Kraft says that it was a gift. And right. Putin, if you ask him about it, is like, I don't know, they were giving out fa- like party favors. Right. <laughs> to him, it's like a trinket. It's like just something. He probably like keeps it like in a drawer, like under in his kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is the spear that killed Christ. This is the... Uh... This, this is the Ark of the Covenant. This is the Ark of the Covenant. This is the Holy Grail, and this is a Patriot Super Bowl ring. Oh, These are all the things that give me Jones my power. Went downhill fast. <laughs> this is the Crystal Skull. <laughs> These are the things that give me my power. <laughs> and they're also my Horcruxes. Uh, all right, Super Bowl done. Super Bowl Fifty Three never to be spoken of ever again. So lame. Put it to bed. Let's go about Paul. Gabe Kapler, what did you do? Gabe Kapler, where were you in 2015 with the Dodgers? What were you up to? Chuck, you you were the one who showed us this story. Wait, can you uh, break it down? I, I'll do my best. Yeah. Um, it, what had happened is that two Dodgers players unnamed uh, along with two women, I, I don't know if they were their girlfriends. I don't know. So Kapler is like, uh, like a manager of like player, like personnel player personnel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah he, he works in the Dodger. organization because he's a yeah. former Dodger, Dodgers player, right? I think so. Uh, Red Sox. No, I I know Dodgers? California, so probably Dodgers. I okay. I feel like yeah. he was. And out. I know he. I, I wouldn't say San Diego. But. And I also think he played on the 08 team that played us in the World Series. I actually think that he played on the um, the Tampa Bay team. All right, we'll look I that. I think up. you might be right. Oh, go ahead. Um, so uh, there was this incident with two Dodgers players, two women, and a 17 year old girl, and the the details are rather vague, but none of them good. Um, so they went out, they were drinking heavily and the 17 year old girl apparently like vomited on the bed. The two girls that were with the Dodgers players then like proceeded to punch her like, you know, in the face and chest and stomach and the Dodger players put it up on Snapchat apparently. And yeah, very classy. (laughs) Then many years later, this was not part of something Gabe was apparently aware of the time or was being told uh, of time. But the one then says she was, she was sexually assaulted at that time as well. Um, when, you know, all but one of the Dodger players were out of the room, you know, he like sucked her, his hand down her pants. So like just all around crappiness, all around bad scene. Um, and then it was reported to Gabe Kapler. I think it was the girl, 
the, the girl's girl grandmother. Be, yeah, the girl's grandmother had like several conversations or emails. I think it was uh, emails with Kapler, and the the girl herself had reached out and said, "Hey, just so you know, this happened to me." And the thing that's being made of it now is that Kapler didn't pass this on to the police. He followed Dodger policy, quote unquote, and confirmed with the lawyers. And his suggestion was that they would go to dinner with the girl and the two players and and talk everything out, something like that. Okay. Before we get to Kapler's response, um, Gabe Kapler has never played for a uh, California-based baseball team. Um, He was, however, with the Red Sox from 2003 to 2007. Um, and Gene, I think he just missed it. He was with Milwaukee in uh, 2008, and then Tampa Bay for uh, 09. And okay, uh, so he just missed. It. He just missed so that's it. the okay. uh, Gabe Kapler um, timeline there. Um, I was just thinking of someplace warm, I guess. With yeah, Tampa fair, and, enough. Yeah. fair enough. So the Washington, so the Washington Post breaks this story, right? Yeah, it was it was the Washington Post, and then everyone else picked it up. Little convenient. It's the Washington Post doing this. Curious of the timing, also. I mean, no, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. I, I, I am looking at you like you're crazy. I don't. I, I, I. It's the the timing is curious. I, I, I felt like I read something that's why it was coming up again, but I really don't think this is some you know DC based conspiracy to keep you know free agents away from the Phillies. Well, I mean, you're saying like free agents. Well, Harper. Well, yeah. But I, I love national. I I don't think that's the case. I I really don't. Well, it's America. Everyone can have their own opinion, right, Chuck? <laughs> <laughs> I like the right, Chuck. <laughs> but you're big into people having opinions. Like what? <laughs> Your conspiracy theory that this is not a conspiracy frightens me. Gene, do you care to weigh in? <laughs> <laughs> or are you staying as far away from this one as possible? Well, you know, it's one of those things where it is awful convenient that it was the Washington Post. And you know what? There's been enough craziness in this offseason of the baseball <laughs> Chuck, season. We're getting Chuck exasperated here. <laughs> that I wouldn't put it past the Washington Post to try to take down the Phillies. Democracy democracy dies in the dark, but it's also going to die in the post-watch because they're too busy trying to take down the Phils. Well, I mean, they could also be trying to take down the Padres and the White Sox. It's not necessarily just the Phillies. I, right. I thought their Trump coverage got a bit light. You know, it's <laughs> like, so, like, cut back on Trump. More Phils. More Kapler. More Gene Kapler responded on his personal website. Yep, which I read. Uh, with a statement. How, how do you feel about the statement? Or do you want to summarize the statement? Just briefly, I mean, Chuck did a pretty good job, but uh, Kapler obviously was a little bit more lighter on the detail as far as the incident itself. So uh, the takeaway I got from, re- and, and basically I read the, the Post article and I read um, Kapler's article. And his summation of the details, it's hard to put a lot of stock in because obviously he wasn't there. But what he does say is that the 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 person who was assaulted and she she spoke he talked to her and he talked to her grandmother and at one point uh he claims that he was asked by the person who was assaulted to not go to the police or that they she didn't want to get 
in trouble. I'm guessing because she was underage. And right. So the grandmother uh, and the victim uh, were both afraid that you know the victim would get in trouble somehow. The story because yeah, she was underage. She was underage. Some, you know, yeah. And he says that he his escalation within the Dodger organization came when there was some sort of a, a, a subtle inference about, you know, maybe if, if we were compensated or, you know, he, there was some kind of inference in one of the emails that maybe if there was a kind of a, a financial exchange possible, that that we might be quiet. Right. And Gabe kind of says in his response, that's above my pay grade. And I didn't respond. I didn't make any kind of, a, you know, and he offers to them, and he immediately took that basically to his bosses. Um, and the, uh, he also mentions that the whole story, like around the arranged dinner, uh, was because the, the players, at least according to Gabe, the players felt remorseful. They recognized their mistake, and they wanted to I don't know, apologize. Right. At no point does Gabe say that he condones any of the actions. Um, not that he's going to say in a statement like he thought that what they were doing was great, but um, here is my takeaway. Th so much of this, and I hate to compare it to something like this, but there were so many of these things, and this is some of the other chatter that I've heard about this story. There are so many people that are comparing this kind of in the same way to um, what happened at Penn State. And I'll say the difference that I find with that is... Gabe Kapler didn't see the crime being committed. All Gabe could act on was what he was getting from hearsay from second parties. It's different if he had walked into the hotel room and saw the crime being committed and then didn't act on it. To me, that is unexcusable. Um, and not that I know that there's something that's excusable here for, for Kapler. I, I really don't know. It, it's It's very hard with how much time has passed to know what really took place. But... I feel like it's it's a hard thing to to fault him and say like he should have reported it immediately to the police when he has no idea what kind of if, if a crime even took place. Yeah, and it's tough. Like it's it's easy to come down and go the Phillies should fire him. That is the easy thing to say. I'm not saying it's the wrong Are people thing to saying say. that. I don't know if it's gotten that. I, I mean, I've seen it out there on Twitter. I don't know how much support it has. I mean, people were saying but, that they should fire Gabe because he's not a great manager, but I don't know. I hadn't heard anything about it being tied to his it being a discipline thing. Th this was, I saw that when I first saw huh. like innuendo about the story before people had even sort of linked to the article. And that. That is the easy thing to say. It's, you know, uh, one strike, you're out here. And not I'm not excusing anything. Like, but the, the harder thing to say is try to find out what the truth of what happened and what, what Gabe was, what his moral responsibility was. You know, the, the one thing uh, I want to double back to what you said, Gene, of, it was in the, the post, I feel like it said that, the the grandmother claimed that Gabe came forward offering money first, and then he like denied that as opposed to the other way around. But the the girl who was assaulted, I mean, she's had troubles, and I I don't think that makes her I don't think that makes her claim 
any less valid. I think it just makes getting a clean story from her harder. But it's, uh, I don't know. I forget what even the question was, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a good thing. You, you, you kind of wish that he wasn't connected to this at all. But so let's it, take. It might not be super. It might not be the end of the world. Let's take Gabe's side of it. At least according to what he's saying, you know, he received this information that. I don't know. This girl is partying with some of his players. Um, just the fact that she's underage, like immediately, would you not? Would it not throw up a red flag whether there was a awareness of like a sexual assault or not? Um, with just the age alone. Oh yeah, that's bad. I understand you don't want me to call the police, but like I have an obligation to do so. Yeah, the age alone, the fact that, you know... And why is Gabe under fire and not, I I don't know, the president of the organization, like whoever Gabe reported it to? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they were collaborative in the decision to not report it. Oh, I think that they are under fire. I, I, I don't know that we've seen necessarily all of that come out yet, but I think that it's weighted here because were in this market and Gabe's our manager. But I think if you were out in L.A., I think the re- reporting is a lot more, you know, is there something fundamentally broken in the Dodger organization? I don't and, know. I mean, I'm seeing that Gabe is the headline. Well, and Gabe's just the, the point of contact. Like, it's it ended up on his desk, but, you know, he did the partially the right thing in passing it up the chain of command. And then when they said offer to take her to dinner to sort things out and then nothing came of it, you know, it's a it's a real morality question. And I did mean, the I computer think the, models, did the computer models say uh, do not report this when they run it when they ran the simulations? Well, 87 yeah. percent of the time, it's the right decision to not report it. Well, the the one that will get you in least trouble. Yeah, it is. But I mean, it's the, the I mean. <laughs> history shows you could have reported it and nothing would have happened anyway but um right but it's it's less obligation and and more for me it's just a moral question like it's he more or less was told don't bring this to the police either by the the victim herself or certainly by his bosses or both or both and and he didn't. And is this one of the things that you, you throw up your hands and go, I, I just don't know all the details. I, I did what I could. And you go on with your life. And that I mean, can we bury, I mean, can we bury the, the players? Well, that was going to be my point is why isn't Gabe's statement coming out and saying this was reported to me and we cut ties with both of those players and they were no longer part of the organization. Like that to me feels like that is absolutely within Gabe's power to say, I went to my bosses and maybe I didn't go to the police, but I certainly made sure that the, my bosses knew what these guys were up to, that they're not going to like, that certainly is a violation of the code of conduct in any part of any professional organization. And, you know, regardless of their talent level, obviously these guys were not, I don't think they were on the major league roster, uh, but, you know, that shouldn't matter either. As we see with what happens with the NFL players when these sorts of assaults happen, uh, you know, they're they're suspended or they're let go from the team. And, and that's what Gabe's 
fault I think should have been is he should have been able to come out and say those players were released from the team we cut ties with them and that was the end of our relationship with them uh, and we hope that the the victim would then you know go on with the authorities that yeah, to but me I, I don't know that's does I mean, that's, is that <laughs> practical probably not but yeah if Paterno was like I fired Sandusky but I didn't report it to the police I mean like that's just not that's just yeah. not good enough uh, and now, you know, with, uh, God, you know, I don't even know how I want to like articulate this, but, you know, everything is examined from like this point back, looking through the lens of today's goggles. So, um, you know, it's a difficult situation. I think we need to wait until there's more information. I think an investigation needs to commence and we need to get more information. But in the meantime, is this a deterrent for you know, Harper to come here, Machado to come here. Is any of this, do you think any of this will play? I, I don't think it helps, but uh, maybe I'm just too cynical to think that it would be a strong deterrent. You know, you, like this isn't league wide, you know, people calling for Gabe's head. This isn't league wide outrage. You know, it's not even that big a story. You know, it, it's out there now, and it may be, get bigger, but. Well, I'm sure now that we're talking about it, it's going to be. <laughs> well, and, and what what I was going to say in terms of whether or not it's a draw or detractment from bringing a free agent in, you have to figure that this this agent sees the whole, you know, this is this contract that we're talking about giving these guys, is, we're talking about a decade-long contract. And you have to figure that Scott Boris is saying to them, look, you know, managers come and go. You know, you have to be comfortable with the organization higher up than the guy that's on the bench. <clears throat> you know, it it's important that you like the guy, but honestly, for the amount of money they're going to invest with you, if you go into that situation and really it doesn't work out, I feel like they're going to pick Bryce Harper over Gabe Kapler. That that you know, I mean, like that's certainly what I think Scott Boris is saying to to Bryce is saying, hey, man, if you're going to be their guy or if you're going to be the cornerstone of their franchise, if the manager isn't somebody that you like, I'm sure a change in manager is something that can be negotiated. Wow. That would be well, pretty well, impressive. I, I mean, I, I agree with Gene. I, I think that, you know, Bryce Harper or Machado, you know, could have in their back pocket. You know, it's like, yeah, I'd love to sign with you, Phils, but if, you know, things get out of hand with Kapler, I want him gone. <laughs> and I, I think they'd say yes. You know, <laughs> good PR. It's good business. It might be the right thing to do, but. Gabe Kapler has put zero butts in seats at Citizens Bank Park. I promise you that. Yeah. Wow. Um, ESPN uh, just released their power rankings for uh, NFL teams for next season. <laughs> okay. So let's, uh, should we, you know, uh, should you we want to guess where the Eagles are? I'm going to say the Eagles are number four. Okay, you're way off. Uh, I'm going to say nine. You're also off. They are all the way down to 12. Wow, really? I'll just give you the teams that are, that are ahead of us. Uh, number one, the Rams for their awesome performance in the Super Bowl. Two, <laughs> Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, three, Saints because they should have won the Super Bowl this year. Four, Patriots. So five. the team that just won the Super Bowl is behind three teams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because, uh, I don't know, I guess Brady gets a year older. Uh, five, San Diego Forever Chargers. 
Uh, six Chicago Bears, seven Colts, eight Seahawks, nine Texans, ten Ravens, eleven Steelers. Steelers, really? They didn't even make the playoffs. And they're gonna lose like Antonio Brown. All right, whatever. And then twelve the Eagles and thirteen Cowboys. Well, at least we're supposed to win the division. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. That makes no sense. The team that just won the Super Bowl is behind three other teams, one of which they just whooped. Yeah, Whoop. and Whoop. Yeah. that's what I said. Welcome to 1993. <laughs> whooped. I'm there not it questioning is. the word choice. I'm just questioning whether it was like actually they whooped them. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, they were pathetic. It was just I can't believe. How can you go? All right, the Rams put up three points against a bad-looking Patriots team in the most important game of the year and number one in the power. What, what about the Rams game tonight says anything about power? They should have lost in the NFC Championship game, and then they laid an absolute egg in the Super Bowl with two weeks to prepare. It's, like, ridiculous. Yeah, but ESPN has them as number one. So, I mean, didn't they just win the Super Bowl? Well, ESPN's you... the friggin' shill for the NFL, so they just do whatever they tell them to do anyway. So. All right, if the Rams win ESPY for best team, that's all that matters, right? Like, <laughs> oh, my God, the ESPY. I'd rather win. I feel like there's more stock in a Kids' Choice Award than an ESPY, for Christ's sake. Didn't the Patriots win the ESPY for best team last year? Or was it the Capitals? <laughs> Or maybe it was the Vegas Knights. No, it was probably the Warriors. It's always the Warriors. Speaking of the Warriors, that's your a Philadelphia 76ers took them down this week at the O. Yeah, on the road. All right, look. I'm going to say it. This changes everything for me. That win changes everything. That win was the most important Sixers win in a decade. I'd say it's the most important Sixers win since game one of the 2001 finals. You might be right. You might be right. And it's a regular season game. That's how important that game was. Just for the the team's mentality, just to show that they can hang with the best team in the league? Like... The, not only are the Warriors the best team in the league, if the Warriors played the NBA East All-Stars, the Warriors would win. And they'd be favored. <laughs> wow. It It's... Look, I mean, the Warriors lose games. Like, that happens. Um, but this team now, back with Boogie Cousins, on an 11-game win streak, at home, like and they yeah. had every reason to win. Like there was not it wasn't like a, they were coming off a back to back or anything like that. This was this was them with a, a team that is respected in the Sixers coming in. So it's not like they were just taking a night off against a bad team. Like this was an important game to them just as it's an important game to us. We hadn't beat the Warriors what in a decade? Yeah, it was like 15 or, in a row or something. Or something, yeah. something like yeah, that. It was crazy. Five, five years. Um the the fact that you can go on a West Coast road trip and win that game there, I mean, it says everything you need to know about this team. Well, we went on that what was everybody was calling the gauntlet. And if if you had taken that list of what was it, twelve games that we were saying was really the gauntlet, you know, right. through uh, you know, there was like four games that were really against really good teams at home and then this West Coast swing. Everybody, when you laid that out, 
would have looked at that game against the Warriors and been like, yeah, that's a loss. Uh, that's an yeah. L. And nobody yep. would have, you know. No, no doubt. I put it as an L. Well, and in, in in across this swing, we 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 did a couple of we had a couple of really big wins. We also had a really big win against a good Houston Rockets team. So here here it goes. It goes back to uh, January seventeenth. Sixers beat the Pacers. Then we lost the heartbreaker to the Thunder. We beat the Rockets, like you said. We beat the Spurs, like you uh, like you said. We rested everybody and butler was hurt against the nuggets so that one was yeah we we're gonna lose that game we destroyed the 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 sort of um uh i don't know stripped down lakers without uh without lebron no lebron yeah and then we beat the warriors i i mean the, this gauntlet would be have two well three losses now because we lost to the kings last night um well it's the big sack <laughs> Sack City, baby. Yep, <laughs> and it's all because of the smell. Um, we, and we don't match up against that team. No, we don't. No, that team's good... got guards that we just don't like to play against. Yeah, and I'd like to think that when we're a finished product, because that's the thing. And I've been saying this for a while. I I still feel like the Sixers are not a finished product. Like the team we're going to see in the playoffs is not the team that's being put on the court right now. So we're we're the fourth seed, I think, but we're only four games behind. Milwaukee. Uh, I think we're the three now. Are we the three now? But we're only like four games behind Milwaukee. Like, it's completely feasible that we finish anywhere between one and four in terms of our placement in the playoffs. Like, we could realistically go in as the one seed in the East. I don't think that there's any any reason to think that we couldn't at least be in that conversation. Yeah. Oh, wait. The, the Celtics are ahead of us now. Well, yeah. we have the same record. We're both 34 and 19. Yeah, I thought that was, we would like fall in the fourth, but everything is so bunched up at the top of the East. But it doesn't, it really doesn't matter. I mean, so long as we are in the top four of the East, um, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. And as long as the Celtics aren't the one, it's going to be, it's going to be fine. Because the, the injury to Old Depot kind of changes everything. Right. In the East. So I mean I have ultimate confidence now. I mean that they can hang their hat on that game all year long. I'm going to be really interested to see how they play against Toronto this week. And the Celtics. And the Celtics. This is another important week. And the Nuggets cuz they're com- the Nuggets are coming here. Right. You know, I mean this gauntlet doesn't end yet. I mean we still have a ways to go. But yes, this is a a very telling week. And that game, I mean, like I said, you, they're going to hang their hat on that game until they play the Warriors again, because not a lot of teams have that game on their resume. Right, and they get the right, the next time they play the Warriors, they get the Warriors at home, and they're a much much better team at home. Yeah. So coming up, Raptors tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Nuggets Friday night, Lakers with LeBron Sunday afternoon, three thirty. You know that's going to be the ABC game. Yep. Then the Celtics Tuesday night, and then the gauntlet is over because then we got the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> and the Knicks just sold off anything remotely resembling con- like talented players on that team. The Kristaps-less Knicks. <laughs> what is uh? What is uh? What's his name called? The the Latvian gangbanger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a legitimate nickname? 
No, who calls him that, Gene? Uh, what's his name? Is that a Simmons thing? Is that a Bill Simmons? No, it's thing? not a Bill Simmons. It's the it's the guy Simmons always interviews. Oh, oh Joe House. No, 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 no. <laughs> Shit, you're gonna have to edit this, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> uh beautiful girls copland um ray loyota oh what the fuck is this guy's name oh 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 uh rapaport yes Mike, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 michael yeah, yeah, yeah. rapaport yeah, yeah he calls him the latvian gangbanger <laughs> that checks out <laughs> uh, trade them for trade them for cap space got <laughs> so does what do you think that this is actually what do you think that this actually means for the nba what what does this move mean like obviously this has got to be you know oh. they're playing 3d chess up in new york right well they're so they had to get out of the hardaway contract yeah that was like an anchor they had to trade they had to trade Przingis to also move the hardaway contract and they now they have space for two max deals and like you know, just all the buzz is that it's going to be Durant and Kyrie. But Kyrie uh, just seems like he's rekindled his relationship with LeBron. Like they, the the love fest just seems to be back on like a hundred and ten percent. Like the two of them were just talking about how much they they respect each other, and LeBron's like, I'm you know he's I'm you know rooting for my buddy. And well, just... Kyrie could go to L.A., but then they'd have to. But so L.A. could try to dump. Like Ball and Kuzma and Ingram, and try to get uh, Anthony Davis, which I heard that that offer was put out there. Right, and I don't know that the Pelicans are going to do that. Um, but then that makes a very scary situation in L.A. But at least it's in L.A. and not in uh, Boston, because you know Boston wants Anthony Davis also. So right. Uh, but yeah, that's like a whole that's like a whole other podcast. Uh. Chuck, we need to do more Flyers Should Keep Losing podcasts. Yeah, we really do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're going to have to do another Lose for Hughes podcast the moment uh, our winning streak ends because since we did that show, they are 8-0-1 and and have looked, you know, outside of maybe two clunkers, they've looked really good doing it, so... But I will say, just as you know, a bit of self promotion, go back and listen to that show. A lot of the things we talked about are still true. You know, I'd mentioned that the, I think it's a better team than how they're playing, and we break down the problems with that team at that time. And it's essentially everything that got turned around. I think the only thing we didn't really emphasize was um, JVR, Patrick, and Simmons, um, Simmons play. Um, as much as we could have, because they've really turned it around too. Um, and Carter Hart has been phenomenal. You know, as a twenty-year-old, nothing short of phenomenal. So, who would you credit? Or who would you give the most credit to for this turnaround? I'm going to give you three options. Okay. Is it Ian LaPierre? <laughs> Is it um, the new general manager whose name I can't right. remember? Chuck, Chuck Fletcher. Fletcher. Chuck Fletcher. I should remember that. It was his name's Chuck. <laughs> or is it the goaltending coach? Oh, and I forget the name of our goaltending coach. I wouldn't put it as the, the goaltending coach. Uh, if I had to give credit, I Could would put it. Option D, the actual goaltender. <laughs> yeah, that's what. <laughs> well, I mean, there's also Stoli the goalie. 
That's why I was thinking this, the goaltending coach. No, it, it's one game in that stretch. It, it, it's Hart. Um, it's it's Fletcher's decision to bring up Hart. You know, it's and the, I'll give credit to the team for playing. Like, I mean, I I labeled them as quitters, and God damn it, have they seemed like they've quit so many times this season? But you know, they they got back into it. They they hung around. They. They continued to fight. They continued to play. So, you know, it's still a long ways to go, but they're a lot closer than they were. And if you remember, I said that like a uh, three week stretch of 11 games in 21 days. Well, if you drop the first two weeks of that, <laughs> they had 11 games in 21 days. If you don't count the bye week and they came away with 16 points in that same sort of scenario i said that'd be telling for their season so they're incredibly hot right now um this week is uh, like three trap games in a row against the the western conference teams um with anaheim and the kings actively being bad and vancouver being surprisingly good but still not that great but i'd be very disappointed if they didn't take two of the next three as well so here's the question now, Chuck. Do we do we have to re- readjust our expectations again? I mean, obviously we're not in free fall, you know. Uh, do are we still hoping that we get a high draft pick? Is that the best hope out of the season, or are we looking to actually try and position ourselves to maybe win a first round matchup somehow in this season? I mean, if we get to the playoffs, we'll have the bottom wild card, so we'll have a very tough first round matchup. But if we get to the playoffs, we will be the hottest team in the league. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. We will... And if we get to the playoffs, it's going to be without Wayne Simmons. It's going to be without – like, right? We're going to drop these UFAs, right? No matter what. I don't care how many games they win between now and the trade deadline. Well, that I think unless we are in a playoff spot – at the trade deadline or two points out, then I completely agree with you. And how, I, I mean, really, how far off are we at this point? And where is the trade deadline? I thought it was soon. The trade deadline is February 25th. Okay, so like so, three weeks. Yeah, right after uh, the stadium series game. So, I mean, that might be Simmer's last hurrah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised about that at all. Um, and they'd have to continue this tear. I think uh, last I saw they were nine points back or 11 points back i think it's nine points back but columbus has a game in hand now they may fall apart if they have to get rid of bob and panarin but it's not realistic to hope for the playoffs it's it's not it can happen but it's it's not very realistic i think our goal should be a great second half we can be proud of you know screw ourselves out of a decent draft pick and (laughs) hope that you know we pick up where we left off next season like, it's not a great resolution, but I'd hate to see him just fall apart again, you know, with how yeah. well they're playing now. It... Yeah. Any So, you know, you're saying, like, don't don't think, you know, forget about the playoffs or whatever. Um, where are we in the standings? I'm just looking at it right now. I know we're ahead of the Rangers now. Yeah, we're ahead of the Rangers. We're we the are. Point, what, the 10th, 12th? 
I think we're three places back from the second wild card. I'm right, we're in eleventh. We're in eleventh right now. Yeah, so that would be the the three places back. Seven but it's points a, behind the the Blue Jackets, and you said they have a game in hand, right? Yeah, yeah. So it would be tough. It'd be tough. It's not impossible. We've taken it out of the realm of impossibility. Yep. So three games back of the wild card, uh, seven points back, and oh, they only have one game in hand. So that's that's good. The Blue Jackets are helping us. Carolina is in a similar boat to us. Buffalo's tough. Yeah. You know, so it's going to be almost as hard to jump those other two teams between us and Carolina, not Carolina, and Columbus as it would be to overtake Columbus. I think. Um, yeah. but yeah. it's, it's possible. It's possible. All right. And I, I, I think it really is going to come down to that stadium series game. It might be really telling. Like if we are in a playoff spot at that time, I don't think they sell. If we're out of it by more than four points, I think we probably have to sell. And if you're going to the stadium series game, hit us up on Twitter because we're going to. Yeah, we'd love to to see you there. Um, hang out, have a beer, talk about our team. Hope it's not too cold. <laughs> All right, so on that note, it's time for Chuck's Penalty Box. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Uh, and we will begin with Gene. Gene, who is in your penalty box? All right, I think I'm going to put the NFL's salary cap rules in my penalty box because they're really complicated and it should be very easy for the Eagles to do whatever they have to do to franchise tag Nick Foles so that we can trade him because it would really make me mad if not only is he not on the team anymore, but if he gets to go to Jacksonville for nothing. So um, I'm putting Roger Goodell and all those salary cap gurus and all that nonsense into the penalty box because it should be simple. It should be very simple. Nick Foles gets franchise tagged. We work out a deal. We trade him in Jacksonville. They give us, I don't know, Leonard Fournette and a first-round pick, and they get the best quarterback in the history of the league. (laughs) What a a haul for Nick. (laughs) Gene is putting uh, the NFL's salary cap structure and all its various rules in the penalty box for four minutes, but the NFL can buy itself out for $2 million and just get two minutes. Dave, who is in your penalty box? Okay, I'm putting Jose Canseco in my penalty box. Ooh. Because four days ago on Twitter, Jose Canseco lost his damn mind (laughs) in a way that creeps me out because everybody knows I am afraid of aliens. Uh, So four days ago, Jose Canseco tweets, we are in communication with aliens with a very flexible body composition called the AI-51. Subsequent tweets say, these aliens are going to teach us how to try and travel. Uh, the brain can physically travel without the body. Aliens have been trying to teach us how to time travel, but first we have to change our body composition, which we are not willing to do. We have tried with animals and it has failed. Time travel puts 42,651 pounds of pressure on a human skeletal structure. You can detach the brain from the body and equalize the pressure. It can be done. Our science is totally irrelevant to aliens. Now he's offering a chance to go golf with him and learn about aliens and time travel. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, um, I, real quick, I'm busy following Jose Canseco <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, but I've been to the future, and Jose, Jose Canseco is getting uh, a game misconduct and a lot of medication. <laughs> Real he quick. also did say he time traveled before the Super Bowl, and he knows that the Rams won. I think twenty-seven to twenty-one. So oh. he's full of shit. So wait, is is gritty an alien? Is, did he? Well, well, when you're listening to this, you can probably uh, go to YouTube, and I think gritty is. I saw going to be Colbert's special guest. Like the, it was like teased at the very end of the Super Bowl, like oh, with you know this person and that person and a special guest, and I'm like, oh, they're gonna fly somebody up from Atlanta to New York. No, it's gonna be gritty. So gritty is going to upstage the Super Bowl <laughs> on CBS primetime or late night or whatever. All right, we went a little bit long today. Whoa, 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 whoa! In my penalty box. Oh yeah, Chuck's penalty box. Sorry, it is in, named in after my him. My penalty after all. box. Speaking of going late and late night, why the hell did the skills competition start at nine forty-five at night? The NHL All Star Game uh, was on the West Coast this oh, year and started way late. The skills competition, I think, was like the programming started at nine o'clock, but the actual damn event started at nine forty-five. The first competition. This is a program for kids. This Did is your son enjoy watching that. No, he didn't stay up for it. Of course not. Um, but I can't. It's unbelievable to start something that late. Who who's gonna watch it? It's. It's an incredibly popular event. Why the hell did it go that late? So NHL, I'm putting you in the penalty box for three minutes. Which is a very odd penalty, I know. <laughs> yeah, I figure that. So it's the, the NBA one is in Charlotte this year. So hopefully we get an appropriate time for that. Because I know my son wants to watch that. But I doubt it will. All right. Now that's all the time we have for today. I know we went a little bit, well, we went a little bit long, but we had a lot to cover today. I think we, uh, I think we got it all in there. Um, please remember to uh, follow or subscribe uh, and review and, and rate our show on iTunes. Uh, it helps other people find the show, and it helps us as well. Uh, also, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for us at Podadelphia. Um, if you have some time uh, in your podcasting schedule, please check out the Whip Around, our sister show, uh, comedy news podcast. I'm going to be on this week, uh, and if you have a pet, you're going to want to listen because it's a very uh, pet heavy uh, episode this week. Um, and I think that I think that's it. Are we going to be Are we going to be back midweek this week? Are we doing a bonus show this week? I don't think we have that on the agenda, but you never know what we decide to come up with. Have a great day at work, everybody. <laughs>